We are gonna we're gonna turn a page today. Uh, last week we turned we turned a page, and uh, this week I want to I want to turn a, a second page. Uh, let me pause for a moment and let's want to recenter my heart as we read this. Lord, give us wisdom, insight, inspiration this morning as we read these scriptures and help us to. Uh, walk with you with them. Lord, thank you for what you are doing in our lives and on the earth. Even though some of it looks kind of sketchy, we know that you've called us into the midst of this world in these days for such a time as this to be your, your light in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, so, Last week, I, I talked about how the Lord is looking for a different kind of disciple than the kind that you think you are. You're like, oh, great. I didn't want, I didn't want to probably be in that, that school because I've been a certain type of disciple for many seasons. And it's, it's easy to get into a disciple's rut, meaning that you know all the right things. All, you know, you're, you've got your patterns down. You, you know, you, you're doing the do's and don't and the don'ts, Right? And that's good, or was good for the, that season that you're in. But until we become like little children again, and are ready to have our wineskin renewed or our new clothes put on, we're not going to be who God wants us to be, especially in this season, because we're in a very strange season, aren't we? The coronavirus season, I, I just love it, because you never know what's going to happen next. You know, you don't know if you're part of a movie or some, some script somewhere. Uh, actually, we are part of some script somewhere. <laughs> you know, the enemy, after God wrote his script for us, the enemy wrote one for us too. And, and, and there truly is a war of good and evil on the earth. It, you know, if we're unaware of that, then we're just going to be, you know, like Gomer Pyle tripping through life. <laughs> and uh, some of you understand that reference, but... Uh, Golly gee. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Lord wants Christians to be awake. And so we, we talked about that. And, and one of the things I, I w- was alluding to was Jesus' teaching on the last days. Now, a lot of Christians, they get involved with the last days kind of teaching and, and things because it, there's an excitement to it. And instead of getting into it, to gather focus and purpose for each day. Whatever we do, we do it with all our heart as unto the Lord, right? And that's one of the reasons I had us read this. And so in in Matthew 24 and 25, the disciples come to Jesus and they said, okay, I know you're leaving us, so what what is the sign that that are going to follow the end times? And he tells these stories, and, and Matthew 24 is really... Just go ahead and read it. Yeah, I'm not going to read it for you because I was like, this is kind of depressing. Uh, let's not do this. Uh, but then in Matthew 25, he tells these three parables about the end times. And he says, this is what the kingdom of, of God is going to be like. And every time Jesus talks about the end times, it's, it, again, it's, it's not to get stuck in, you know, what are the signs of the end, but to get focused. Like, because the end is coming, and do you guys all know that your end is coming? 
I don't know if the end is coming, but our end is coming. Someday we're going to not be here. In fact, a, a, a pastor friend of mine recently was, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And, uh, you know, it, that's, that's like a wake-up call. You know, so he gets this diagnosis, but immediately he thinks, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? It was, it was just, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to fear, you know, and, you know, and, and isolate and, you know, hope that God will heal me and all this kind of stuff. He's like, well, looks like I'm running out of time. I better get on it. And uh, that's what Jesus does in each of his teachings with, about the end times. Is he, he says, hey, listen, you still got time. Let's use it wisely. So he tells these stories, uh, the, the first one, and maybe we'll come back to it. But this is the one I, I, that's been speaking to me, and it's the, the parable of the, of the talents. You've heard it before. I'm going to read it again. But I'm going to ask some specific questions uh, to us about this season that we're in. Okay? You guys with me? All right. Slow but sure. Here we go. So this is Matthew 25, 14, and it says... Again, and the again is uh, the, the first parable he says, at, the, at, the, at that time, which is the end times, the kingdom of heaven will be like, and he says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, two, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work. And, and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And you guys know the rest of the story, most likely. If not, you can read it. I wanted to stop there because I, I wanted us to, to think about how is it that the Lord is, is wanting us to see the end times with what he has given us now? And so there's just a, a couple of questions. And the, remember last week I, I was talking about different ways of reading the Bible, that sometimes we do it devotionally, sometimes we do it uh, you know, scholarly, and then sometimes we do it prophetically. Well, today's a devotional, uh, devotionally because I want, I want us to incorporate this into our life. That's what happens with devotion. We're hearing the Lord, and then we're saying, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you have for me? Um, in these past whatever months, I, I've just lost track of time, some of the things that came into our life were being isolated. Yes? Being masked, which when you can't see someone's face, you really don't get the full perspective of who they are. Uh, you know, one of my challenges is, is working with children in, in an environment that, that they're not able to fully see humanity. And that drives me crazy. And if, if I was not restrained by the Lord, I'd be out somewhere screaming from the rooftop saying, this isn't right. But the Lord has showed me that my role is to pray. We talked about that a little bit last week. That my role is to see the move of God, you know, the move of the kingdom. Anyway. We've felt constrained. We've actually be, been restrained. Like, oh, we can't go here. We can't go there. We, we need a pass for this or a pass for that or whatever. Uh, it's not about judgment. It's a reality. It's not whether that's good or bad. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about today. But what is true is that we've not been able to be free. And that's, that's a challenge to us, right? Anybody else? Uh, I mean, I, should, I shouldn't say we haven't been able to be free. 
because we can always be free inside, right? Even if we're constrained. I, I joined the service, I, I joined the Air Force many, many, many years ago, and I was owned by these guys, and I wasn't really free. I was free to do what they told me to do. And, and so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. Uh, there's also been this uh, sense of confusion, though. And the, the confusion is, is strategic because the enemy wants us to not be able to put our, you know, to put our feet down where we can run. And so the, the reason I'm, I'm saying these things is because when these elements converge, what happens is people lose, lose their vision. They lose their vision of the kingdom. And what's happening, uh, really, with church is, you know, I, I talk to a lot of, there's a lot of pastor friends, and everybody's had, you know, 30 to 50% of their people not come back. Well, I won't call their people. The people. Uh, be, you know, and for, some for moves, and some for other reasons, and some for safety, and, all, you know, everybody's got a, got a reason. But the thing that that indicates to me, though, it has to do with the lack of vision, and not for the church, but for themselves. Uh, we've seen it in, in ourselves, I'm sure, that during the pandemic season, uh, we, have, we have tempered our vision for ourselves and for the kingdom of God. Is that true? Yes or no? Everybody? Am I the only one? Okay. And, 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 I, and I've... Okay, okay, you've been supervisionized, I know, right? Like, like, none of us has watched any extra TV. Nobody's played any extra video games. Nobody's read any, uh, you, know, ex, you know, extra, what, right? We have. We've, we've allowed the world to, to suck us back into its system that God had been freeing us from, uh, or, or at least that's his desire, I, I think. Okay, so within that context, so we lose vision, and then if you haven't lost vision, you at least lost your motivation. And that's been one of my things. It's like, yeah, I, I still got plenty of vision. I, I want to still reach the world for Christ. I still want to, you, you know, our, the things we do at the school to be super excellent. But I haven't had, like, the motivation. It's like, eh, yeah, tomorrow. Or let some other younger guy uh, deal with that. Because, you know, you're old. Don't I look old today? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so within that context, as I'm reading this, uh, I, you know, I'm looking at myself, and and I have to ask the question that Jesus asked these guys. He says, "This, he called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them." And the word that stands out to me is entrusted. Regardless of the season that we're in, regardless of whether we're feeling constrained or masked or or locked up, it doesn't matter. Regardless of that, God has entrusted something to us. Entrusted. I mean, can you imagine if the Lord walked in here this morning and he said, can you take care of this for me? <laughs> and wouldn't that be awesome? And I mean, you know, like a little orb or something, you know, it's like, could you take care, you know? <laughs> it's like, yes, or, or, or a child or a person, you know, I, I don't know what the Lord would entrust to us, but he has entrusted to us. <laughs> okay, you guys are... Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Anyway, so what... <laughs> I, know, I just had to say, it. you're like, what? You know, I don't know, I've been reading too much sci-fi. <laughs> it's like, you know, who knows what happens. Uh, but we have to ask our question, uh, the question, what, what are we entrusted with? And I want to stop for a minute because it's not just a question, okay, oh yeah, let's move on with this sermon. <laughs> but I think we should think about the things that God has entrusted us with. 
some of them are, are like, what has he actually handed over to us? And, and a lot of times we can see that within the context of our life, right? Like, guess what? We live in the United States of America. Still the coolest nation to be in, I think. I haven't been to them all, but I think it's still pretty cool. I'm glad we're here, right? So is that, is God has entrusted us. I mean, of all the places you could have been born or, or you know, or lived, you're here in this moment. You're entrusted with this time and generation and place. It's amazing to me. I don't know. Uh, of course, we, we, everybody in this room and everybody watching this probably, unless you're in the third world country, we're rich beyond imagining. Now you might say, I don't have two nickels to rub together. You're still rich beyond imagining compared to the rest of the world. That's an entrustment, right? We're, we're stewards of, you know, somehow God gave us the ability to, you know, or, you know, to gather uh, for ourselves and for others. Um, we have homes, except for the Shemanskis. Uh, <laughs> but they have a place to stay tonight out of the rain, okay? They're not going to be on the side of the road. Uh, of course, we have time. And this is, this is an element of entrustment. We don't know all of our days, but what, what if God said, okay, you got 30 days left? What would we do with them? We'd probably be a little different than we are right now. <laughs> Some of us wouldn't. You know, it's like, I'm doing what I'm doing. And, uh, but I, I think there, there would be an intensity there, wouldn't there? You're like, oh, shoot, all the stuty should have done. I hope God gives us 30-day 30, you know, notice before we check out. Can I get a 30-day notice, Lord? Because i, I got to make sure I get my affairs in order. We have time. Of course, he has given us gifts. Everyone in here is, is like super gifted. You're like, I don't know if I have any gifts. Believe me, we could, stand, we could be here all day uh, sharing those gifts with you. Um, okay. And then, uh, so I, I thought it would be good, and we, we won't take the time to do it now. But we've, we find gratefulness and purpose when we look at what we've been entrusted with. I look at this and I go, you know, how many have complained this week about anything? Okay. <laughs> how many flipped that and just were grateful for everything? You're just like, oh, it's raining. Oh, Lord, thanks for the rain. You know, we're like, ah, oh, wind, rain. Now I got, I got wet shoes. I said I had wet shoes. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, ha- we we get flip flopped on on everything. So has somebody's complained this week about something. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, I have, and uh, one of the things that we've been entrusted with is a different perspective. And we've been talking about that. I want to just keep hammering it home until I think like Jesus. You think Jesus? He went out and said, "Ah, oh, it's raining again." You know, he's walking on the water. He's like, man, it's storming again out here. No, never did that. Well, it's not recorded. <laughs> it's in those apocryphal books, you know. <laughs> Where it's like, and this is all the things that Jesus really thought. Uh, no, uh, I stick with the canon. It's like, this, he was purposeful and enjoyed each day. Okay, so... I'd, I'd like you, this is your homework. You got, you got to take some time to take an inventory of what you have. And then thank God for it. And then ask him, 
is there any way I could be using this gift in a greater way? Thank you for entrusting me with this. And I think he'll probably answer those prayers. All right, number two. Um, it kind of goes on with number one, but when I'm looking at what I've invested or what I'm investing in the kingdom, uh, am I investing it fully with all my heart? And I think we already answered that question. <laughs> it's like, I think I'm giving the Lord my all except for this. And I, you know I'm one that, I'm, I'm like a grace guy. I'm like super grace. I, I think I am. Anyway, in my mind, I am a pretty grace guy. And so when I read things that are kind of difficult, like there's a bunch of difficult things, uh, even in these passages, then I like, how can I put some grace on it? I, I used to have a, a young lady in our congregation. I, I, I like the way she, she'd say, if you need to candy coat this in your mind, go ahead. And then she would tell you something difficult. I'm not going to do that uh, this morning, but I just like that phrase. If you need to candy coat this in here, what are you going to say to me? <laughs> this is terrible. Anyway, here's the question. So once we've taken the moment, and do this in your devotions this week. Say, Lord, what have you got? Let me get grateful about it, but then how can I use this to a greater dimension? And uh, ask myself, what, what am I, when am I leaving on the table? Uh, here's another question. What am I waiting for? I think I've been waiting through this season. It's like, I'm going to do this when the season's over. When the, it, has anybody waited through any of this pandemic? Yeah. It's like, what? Why are we, you know, and maybe we might have to wait for something, but we might not have to wait for everything. And I think we do just put it all in one lot instead of giving it to us. Okay. Um, ask myself, am I feeling frozen in any place? Because now, sometimes feeling frozen is just the Spirit of the Lord saying, not time, not your direction, because we have a lot of opportunity. But sometimes feeling frozen is because we're afraid of investing. Remember the last guy? It wasn't that he wasn't a good investor or the, the master wouldn't have entrusted to him, Right? Right. He was, he was afraid uh, in so many different ways, but he just felt frozen. It's like, well, I don't know what to even do with this. So he drops it in a hole, and he covers it up, and he goes, boy, I hope that guy doesn't come back. But he comes back, and he's like, where's your stuff, man? Okay, so if you're feeling frozen, uh, don't, be, don't be that guy. Then, then figure out, okay, Lord, again, the, the Spirit of the Lord works with us. He disciples us and says, okay, this is the reason you're being frozen you're feeling frozen. Some of it might be you. Lack of faith, lack of resource, lack of encouragement, which is going to be my last point here as I'm coming up. Okay. See, the fun of the gospel is watching the Lord take our meager investments and, and turn them around. Uh, this week I, I met with a, with a church planter, young guy, young guy, man, full of vim and vigor. I remember that. I remember those days when I was in my 20s and 30s, and it's like, we're taking the world for Christ all by ourselves. <laughs> and going, man. And I just, I just love the passion. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, 
that's awesome. Do this thing, man. If there's anything I can do to help you, man, I'm right behind you. In fact, I'm quitting my church to join you. And like, no, I'll mess it up because I already messed up my church. No, so. But I was, I was remembering, and he was asking me, you know, in, in the early days, what, what did you do? And I was thinking, besides all the mistakes we made, it was just one of the things. He goes, uh, so, so tell me your, your top mistakes. I'm like, dude, that's my whole book. That's the only book I got. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, here's the things I did wrong. But it was just neat to be with him because what, what sparked in my mind is we had nothing, we knew nothing, but we had Jesus. <laughs> and God did amazing things as we launched out with not knowing. And now that we've gotten sophisticated, uh, the Lord doesn't work the same way. Right, I told him. I, I said I haven't seen someone saved in our church in like now. Now I can probably say years. I mean, but I'm sure thousands are coming to Christ online. Thank you. Please send me an email telling me about the amazing transformation. Anyway, but what what it got me doing was just reflecting that. All the things that the Lord has accomplished, it hasn't been because we've had massive, massive resources. It's because we took small steps with the little resources we have, and then God met us there. So the same with us, with you. Okay, moving on. Um, my last point is, uh, oh. oh. So I said, what have, you, what have I been entrusted with? But now I'm turning it to us. What have we been entrusted with? Because I've always seen this, this verse as something that we should look at individually. And then I see this guy. How many have ever judged the, the guy with one talent? You read and you go, boy, I'm glad I'm not that guy. I'm not a one-talent guy. I'm not burying anything. And we realize, hey, that's me. <laughs> it's easy to judge yourself, right? You look in the mirror. Oh, no, I'm the one-talent guy. <laughs> Shoot. I thought I was the five-talent guy. I'm doing, uh, honoring the Lord. And I think his problem was that he didn't realize what he had wasn't meant for him to be alone with. If he had gotten together with the two-talent and the five-talent guy and said, dude, what are you doing? Where are you investing your stuff? You know, is there an angle in there? Can I get in, can I get in on the deal? And, and, and it was because he thought alone and acted alone that he didn't accomplish what God had for him. Okay. So where I want to go with this, this isn't, this isn't like a one-off. Okay, good message, Pastor. This isn't a one-off. This is where we're going to live in the in going forward because w- do you know that even in this small group here and in the, the larger group online even the gifts we started this church with 10 people crazy we planted seven churches we've you know you know we've we've had thousands of people come through right now you're, you're like man ain't a lot of people because that's not God's purpose God's purpose isn't building a box. God's purpose is investing in people, blessing them, and then sending them to some other place to accomplish, to invest their talents again somewhere else. It doesn't get any better than that uh, for me. But I think that the coronavirus has, the coronavirus season has caused people to stop 
And part of it is we isolate and we go, okay, I'm not doing so good by myself. But where we're going is we have to come together and say, what are we going to do together to see the kingdom built? That's the big question. And it's the question we're going to answer together. All right. So with that, your homework, I need you guys to get your inventory together. Write it down on a page. Tell me what you got. I don't need your bank account balance or anything. Um, Because I want you to actually see how blessed you are. And, you know, we've been blessed to be a blessing. And uh, I'm thankful that God has done great things. And I'm actually, you know, talking to this young church planner, I'm like, I'm ready to do that again. Differently, maybe. I mean, but but with the same passion. I I have never lost my passion. I've, I've never, you know, it's like... Yeah, I still, I'm here on purpose. I would have moved a long time ago. You know, I remember telling Jenny, first million dollars takes, you know, first, my, my house goes to a million, first million takes it. Yeah, now it's more than a million. Doesn't matter. Because we're not going anywhere <laughs> until Jesus says, get out of here. Go somewhere. But right now, last time I checked, nine out of 10 people don't know Jesus in this valley. That means that I still got some work to do. And we collectively do too. All right, with that, let's pray. All right, Lord, thank you that you've entrusted your Holy Spirit to us and so many resources, time, talent, treasure, the Internet, amazing information, so much life that you've given us. And I pray that today would be a wake-up call for me and then by proxy us, that we'd be reminded that you have great things in store for us and it's time for us to move forward uh, individually and together. And I pray that you would help us walk with you in this process. It says in this story that the master went away, but in our story, the master is with us. And I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to be able to invest our lives fully in these days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You guys ready? All right. Okay. Woo. Well, you guys are out, so I can't count on you. <laughs> yeah, you can phone it in. And you can always pray for us. Anytime you think, it's like, I remember that church we used to go to, man. It's like, Lord... Help these guys move forward. Uh, And that's all we ask. God bless you guys that are online with us today. Thanks. And uh, we will see you next time. And have a great, wonderful day. Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The rest of you guys, love one another deeply with a pure heart. For that will accomplish most of what Jesus wants to do.